0: For this episode, we'll be talking about the Jesus and Mary Chain Psycho Candy. In the room, I have Anne. Hey. And Rob. Hi, buddy. And on the line, I have Ben.
1: Hey.
0: And Kyle. I get so wild on my motorbike. (laughs) Psycho Candy is the debut studio album by the Scottish rock band, the Jesus and Mary Chain. It was released on November 1985. On Blanco Y Negro Records. And the, it was produced by the Jesus and Mary chain. And the genre is noise pop, alternative rock, post punk, and bubblegum pop. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Ned Ragged. Arguably, Psycho Candy is an album with one trick and one trick alone Beach Boy melodies meets Velvet Underground feedback and beats all cranked up to 10 and beyond along with plenty of echo however what a trick it is following up on the promise of their earliest singles the jesus and mary chain with psycho candy arguably created a movement without meaning to one that itself caused echoes in everything from blissed out shoegazing to snotty british pop and back again the best tracks were without question those singles, anti-pop yet pure pop at the same time. Just like Honey, starting off like the Ronettes heard in a canyon and weirdly beautiful with its bells. You trip me up and its slinking sense of cool and most especially never understand. Storming down like a rumbling of bricks wrapped in cotton candy and getting more and more frenetic at the end, when there's nothing but howls and screaming noise it's one hell of a track what the reeds sing about entirely interchangeable combinations regarding girls sex drugs speed and boredom and more or less equal measure is nothing compared to the perfectly dis disaffected way those sentiments are delivered bobby gillespie's hit the drums and then hit them again style makes Mo Tucker seem like Neil Pert, But arguably, <laughs> in terms of sheer economy, he doesn't need to do any more. All right. What do we think of the Jesus and Mary Chain Psycho Candy?
1: Dude. Oh, Super yeah. Super cool. Guys, Dude. It just sounds Super cool. so cool. It's
2: just cool. So first, first first, listen, first listen for, me. for me as well, Ben, you too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. First listen yeah. for me.
2: Kyle. Yeah, I've heard this I, I, album before. Yeah. I had two I had That's two cool very guy. hot takes. My first my very first hot take for this album was that it sounded like it was a recording of a $30 boombox from another room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my second hot take was that I was fully here for it and I loved it.
1: <laughs> it sounds so unique. It is so utterly itself and like like things, I guess, but unlike everything in its own way too. It's singular. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it sh- it shreds the way that Big Black was was doing the mm-hmm. shredding of huh? of just yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, the the. Th- thinnest trebliest distorted noise that you could possibly imagine and this is you know all this is happening at the same time I, I think there's a whole collective of these experimental artists including sonic youth and and big black and you know those underground noise scene swans and
2: i mean to to the, to to your big black point like yeah. the engineer on this record goes on to engineer uh songs about fucking yeah yeah, yeah like he's he he's on it john loder
0: yeah.
1: Well, and they didn't they like I read that they that they felt like he allowed them the room to like make this, right? Absolutely. Yep. Like he they had worked with other people and this was when they felt they could actually try to create sonically on a recording what they were thinking.
2: Yeah, right? he like uh, uh, I want to be as, as as clear as possible. John Loder was not a producer at any point in time. He was just the guy running the board.
1: Well, he also he, like I read that he said like I'm gonna go over here and do some stuff, but like, if you can't figure this out, like, come get yep, me. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Like, and they needed someone that said that instead of someone that was like, "Don't break our fucking shit." Yep, <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna set these mics up. Like, we're we're gonna get you sound okay. <laughs> and if you have any questions, let me know. But yeah, like the the same way that Albini actually like goes <laughs> on like later to like, you know, I'm I'm not a producer. I'm an engineer. And right. Like this, these are the sounds that I get.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the advice of Rough Trade Records, Jeff Jeff Travis. I mean, he he got the group into that Southern Studios in North London, and they're famous for doing DIY bands such Mm -hmm. as Crass, such as Conflict, and all those you know. Well,
1: to
2: the point where Southern Records, yeah, John Loder is considered the quote unquote or quote ninth. Member of Crass, unquote. Yeah, yeah. I could
1: hear Crass. I, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Crass absolutely yeah. came out of this same recording situation. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so
0: it was, yeah. And awesome. they, they needed that because they went to those other recording studios and all those people were horrified about what they wanted to do. They said, you know, mix it. And they said, but it's in the red. And they're like, good. <laughs> Keep it there. <laughs> you know, they would, they pushed it. They, they pushed this table They wanted to break below.
1: glass and they wouldn't let them. Yeah. And I think that like the way it sounds like a boombox in the next room feels like that's part of how my response to it works. So like Ben, Rob, listening to the first time, like I don't know, what did you think of that? Like
2: I mean, it, it a lot of it reminded me of Nirvana for mm-hmm. uh, like. Uh, Oh shit! What the hell's the uh? Come on, all you people now, smile on your brother, everybody In ready. utero? It, no, the uh, off of <laughs> leech. Uh, uh, no, uh, off of <laughs> never a, mind. Off of never mind. And the, uh, the Come on, people Pit. now, smile on your brother, Pit. everybody together. Oh, territorial nah, nah, nah. pissings? Ter- no, not <laughs> yeah, territorial. I mean, yeah, probably that's all of it. The name of the song? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Kyle, what the hell's the name <laughs> of that? What the hell's the name Versus of the song? Right. Off, oh, never, never mind those
1: uh, right? No, territory
2: of pissings <laughs> is off of uh, in utero. Get out! Right, of here. You're so wrong. It's weird. Ugh. <laughs> don't think I'm that drink. Guys, don't think I'm that drink. <laughs> we're we're great guys. I'm wonderful. sure you're gonna remember it better after that drink. No, <laughs> oh, fuck off, you piece of shit. I don't mean that, guy. I love you so much. I'm so sorry I said that to you. I'm so sorry.
0: Oh,
2: uh, but no, um. Honestly, like uh, what "Territorial Pissings"
0: is on the second studio album by American rock band Nirvana. Is it the uh, first track
3: of "Sight"? Too? Or am I mistaken?
0: I was it's really thinking.
2: About, <laughs> I, I thought you guys were saying "Sentless Apprentice," and uh, <laughs> honestly, that's on my bad. That, that's totally my bad.
1: <laughs> that's all his bad, y'all.
2: Because that—that uh, was—I that was, uh, I, I was getting—I con- was—I was getting confused with that other Stu Valvini thing that happens a little bit later on in this book. So, however, I'm Jesus going to Mary say Jane. Jesus and Mary Shane, goodness gracious me, what a wonderful find. Like, yeah, like it, it's uh, there. There's loud distortion. There's a bunch of echo that's happening. But like, I don't feel that it's so far away from the Phil Spector sound or like wall of sound as like people are trying to like it's it's different enough and like exciting enough mm-hmm. for like you know for a new crop of critics to be like wow yeah, I i've think it's never heard a comment heard, on it you know? never heard this before but at the same time i think you kind of heard it before yeah
1: it's I, just yeah. It,
2: it's just now it's like the noise has like a more of a voice
0: right it's not on this album but i think this band had a st- very striking attitude and accomplished a lot with their first single upside down and that single when you listen to that it is not like this it is pure it is noise rock it is if someone put that on they would think something was wrong with their needle
2: like and stars and noise button yes like that level Mm -hmm. okay yeah, it mm-hmm. still
0: has a bit of a beat and it's still, you know, rock and roll. It's Velvet Underground rock and roll, but it has such a chaotic mm-hmm. instrumentation to it that uh, I think a lot of people were just like, what happened? You know, this band is is doing something and you're either for it or you're against it, You know, but they're literally taking the Velvet Underground ideas and then pushing them into that 50s girl group bubblegum pop right. sensibility in in yeah. pulling this out and Cuz
1: that's what they said that they were inspired by like the Shangri-Las mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. they thought you could like the Beach Boys and the Velvet Underground and they didn't understand yeah. people that wouldn't let you do both right? I mean
2: the Ramones were fine with it.
1: Right, you know? exactly. So yeah. it it's, No, it's just yeah. It's just a different wall. <laughs> right.
3: I like how they they opened like the first trek, I think with like the Be My Baby. Yeah. Like Drum and bass intro, and then they keep bringing it back. Yep. Like the first track, <laughs> it I was Echo's like, "Oh, did the cool!" Whole
1: thing, yeah, <laughs> and then it happens like a couple
3: more times. It's like, guys,
0: yeah. And they said that this recording, when we're listening to this, this is really controlled. I mean, very, very controlled. Yeah. You can you can tell they are they're working their ass off to make everything like polished in the way that they want to make it polished. They wanted it to sound exactly Absolutely. like
1: this. And they were sort of famously, they would show up wasted every gig. Like they got on BBC two and they were just drunk at 10 a.m. Um, They wouldn't let them do it live. There were riots at all their shows, but when they recorded this album, they were sober as Lords, like very like mm-hmm. just Focused on making this piece of art because they cared about what they felt like it needed to sound like, right? Yeah. So, and you can hear that that care in it. It's, it's just it's like its own artifact.
2: Yeah.
0: That texture of the guitar, too, I mean, every time I listen to it, it has this sort of white noise that projects into... I don't even know what it, what you could say. There's a layer of white noise that just happens, and mm-hmm. I i think It's that, just a buzzsaw, yeah. Yeah, it's a buzzsaw that you your brain eventually tunes into a frequency of that buzzsaw. And that is.
1: It's like you're existing on a plane they've created. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good.
0: Yeah.
3: It's on their own terms, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I I thought it was really striking too. I mean, the more I read, I knew this band was, you know, would get into trouble at shows all those noise bands, you know, depending on where they're playing. Suicide. People. Yeah. yeah, Suicide. All those. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well,
0: People are either going to be for or against it, and most of the time it's it's not for it, depending on where you're playing. But it rubs had, the wrong way for most people. I had no idea how many people would just, like, get on stage and be furious and smash their equipment. It sounded equipment. really and, scary. Yeah. It
1: also sounded like people, they got a reputation for that, so then people would just show up if they wanted to fight people. <laughs> yes. Which is like...
2: Yeah. That's the worst of the... Uh... <laughs>
1: Like, I do not want to have a show where most of the people are there to just like, like, people will come with baseball bats and stuff. I'm glad you guys tuned out. And I know it's
2: hard to go out, but it's like a Rube Goldberg machine of just a bad time.
1: Oh, God. They were like, the lighting rig fell down and like smashed one of the security's heads and he wouldn't come back. And they were talking about how he had like jumped through windows in Iran or something. Yeah. Like during the revolution. (laughs) And he was like, I will not go to this fucking jesus and mary Jane show i'm done yeah he's
3: like i'm
0: done doing security for
3: you guys
1: i was in the sas but not anymore
3: (laughs) what did you guys think about taste of cindy
2: i've got two stars next to it but i have three stars next (laughs) what does that mean which in a hole has me thinks nirvana liked this song
1: (laughs) as you as you refer to your brain me thinks
2: yeah i love it Yes, I do. No, I, 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 man, more, more or less, it was a star next to everything. Like, I, I, think I took a couple of breaks, like, where I walked away from like the uh, the thing I was listening to because it a Bluetooth thing. But mm-hmm. like, I, I, I didn't dislike anything that was on here. But like, the the weird deep dive dumb shit that I did was all about the uh, engineer. So, um, John Loader. Uh, was the engineer on this, and uh, he di- he died in 'o five of a brain tumor, uh, but of his works we are getting in this book. Um, uh, PJ Harvey's "Rid of Me." He did uh, songs about fucking. He did uh, Fugazi's thirteen songs. He did Ministry's "Twitch." And he did Shellac's uh, "The uh, The Futurist."
1: So he's got right. that thing going.
2: He absolutely does. Nice. He he was uh, he was part of the Crass collective, and when Crass didn't want to fucking like do records with certain people he was like well these guys got something so i'm gonna start southern records and so with the southern records thing uh he has such luminaries as babes in toyland joan of arc Les savvy fav no means no the owl service the paper chase race bannon <laughs> bloomington motherfuckers sweep the lake johnny that Those guys that aren't morphine with the fucking alto base. uh, <laughs> 10 grand and uh, Will Whitmore. Like, oh, cool. yeah, no, he and he was also one of the first people that was like, yeah, e yeah, okay, so electronic magazines, you can use my server and we'll put all of these things up. Like, Sweet. you like, yeah, like he, what a he, fucking cool dude, John Loder. I know that we're only getting rid of me out of those uh, those things that I was talking yeah. about, but rid of me fucking rules. Yeah, and yeah, like he he has a he has a solid place as a uh, as an engineer that like brought a brand new sound in. Uh, yeah, I, I love this record. So how um,
1: did you run across it?
2: Uh, in
3: the mid '90s, my sophomore year of high school, I went to the pawn shop, and they liked me there. Yeah. Um, it's always a good time. The manager of the pawn
1: shop. I like you.
3: The manager of the pawn shop was this lady who had kids and uh, she had a game genie, but she was like, I need the code book for the game genie. I was like, Here you go. Uh, and she was like, I'll let you have any album for 25 cents. <laughs> So I got this album, Something I got like, Nitsa reb I got, <laughs> I understand, Noy Bouton, like, yeah. I got The Cure, like, okay. I got Faith No More. I got a shitload of tapes. Nice. For a quarter of pop. Yeah. In 1996,
1: 95? I- yeah. I re- See, so, like, I didn't run into this man till college. And really just this album, I haven't heard much of else by Jesus and Mary Chain. I do remember being in my, like, young 20s feeling very lost and just listening to this over and over again. It's there's great, this, yeah. There's this incredible wash of sound and, like... It's atmospheric, yeah. It's mournful, but it's, like, encouraging. It makes you feel uh-huh. cool. And it also, Absolutely. like... It really resonated with me. Like, I think I read that they were fighting over who had to sing because nobody wanted to fucking do it. Yep. And I feel that <laughs> like I don't sure, want to, sing. Yeah, I, think I, want to yeah. I don't want anyone to look at me and like that I feel like that translates into the music too where and like shoe gaze is like a perfect way to encapsulate it's like I just want to like be by myself and experience this feeling but I don't want like I feel weird about being watched right and like that just really hit with me and yeah I listened to it over and over again because of how it felt basically yeah it's just I don't know. It's so. It's there, lovely. It's, it's, I like it's it. classic that
0: they, they thought that the old guard of the strutting around with Mick Jagger and doing your rock moves were just. That was the <laughs> old thing, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Like, like
0: the punk rockers and even, you know, Sid Vicious and Johnny Rotten, you know, yelling at the crowd and doing that thing. They thought that was. That's stupid. Why are we doing uh-huh. that? That's the. That's what those boring '60s parents were trying to prove. So they were
3: doing about 15 years ago.
0: How cool you are <laughs> by doing this. But it didn't stop them from wearing a bunch of leather. <laughs> well,
1: because <laughs> um, leather is awesome
0: and getting on Dumb. stage. Um, but yeah, famously they were they would do the you know kind of Jim Morrison thing of being shy and just turning their backs to the audience and not really engaging whatsoever. Which I also think kind of led to those riots and those people getting upset when they're at shows because.
2: Obviously, you know, Why are you it,
1: up there? You don't even want to be up there. You, right? <laughs> you,
2: we just got over Vatican one. Why are you doing this back to us? We're at Vatican two. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, but I find that so interesting that they they thought that the power, the power didn't come from the solos and it didn't come from, you know, it came from these extremely loud volumes with this tremolo. Wash over wow. the the sort of audience and over them. They they found the power in what they had constructed tonally. Yeah, mm-hmm. which which
1: mm-hmm. I well, I like, think they tonally, picked up that's... from the
0: Velvet Underground yeah. and and they knew that, but they just took it to the next level of you know more amps, more feedback, more you know tremolo.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting too to think about because like tonally over and over it says like white noise mm-hmm. and like I super engage with ambient music like music for airports is my jam right oh we remember and and so yeah could talk about it forever right but like this is also that but it allows me to incorporate my interest in like super cool rock and roll stuff and I think something I read was also like Scorpio rising and like yeah totally <laughs> Super gay cult film. Also a thing I'm into, but like it's got it's got that wash that has it just puts you in a different place.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's such a it's such a blessing. It's so great. Like,
3: I mean, the feedback on this is big, but it's also very like intentional.
2: Yeah. 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 Very intentional. Yeah. It doesn't uh, doesn't offend.
1: No, that's the
2: weird part. It's it's a it's It's
1: the in a certain way. Yeah, it has there's a sweetness. I mean, it's interesting because it, like,
3: like the bass is like pretty raw. It's just yeah, low end. Here's the <laughs> bass, and then you know, but it sounds awesome.
2: I mean, oh, like God. we've all we've all had our ears blown out by feedback before, mm-hmm. uh-huh. but this is so controlled that it it just becomes another instrumentation on top of yeah. The, uh, they're like orchestrating that part of it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. We're,
1: we're
2: pretty amazing.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Jim Reed uh, reiterated in Guitar Player uh, interview in 1992, good guitar sound comes from tone, not volume. Um, also, I wanted to mention Psycho Candy's use of echo reverb and microphone placement captured one of the album's most distinctive features, the sense of distance, austerity, and its cavernous feel. Atypical of the close-miking recording practices of the day. Instrumental parts were recorded at a distance. The one exception is Jim's vocals, uh, which were close-miked, a bet generously treated to echo and often buried further within the mix. So we're getting a lot of like... That's so cool. The vocals yeah. oh, buried yeah. just... just Buried, buried in the mix, in those. But they
1: didn't want to sing. Nobody real, wanted to sing. Really, really
0: big washes over those those vocals. So yeah. You know. Again, wall of sound. Yeah.
1: That's yeah my favorite type of wall. It's great.
0: I just. Did you say your favorite type of wall?
1: My favorite type of wall of sound. Oh. My favorite type of wall. Well, I'd have to think about that. He the wall. I like this better uh, than the Yellow wall,
3: wallpaper. Probably. Um,
1: I do like yellow wallpaper a lot. It's going to be a thinker for me. <laughs>
0: Completed in six weeks, modest budget of 17,000
3: pounds. I have no idea how much money that is.
1: Well, it would be in an 85, and I mean, that still seems like money.
2: 19,500 American dollars, probably.
1: But, like, Thanks, it's, it's like, in that time, what does that mean now?
0: Uh, but we're going by
2: that, that
0: we're, 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 period of time.
2: We're, we're going by the time where we could... Yeah. I'll go to college for $20,000 total.
1: Cool. That's
2: fun. Right? And you could buy cool tapes for 50 cents from the shop
1: <laughs> If you were friends with the shop. Yeah. Because you let the
2: manager have <laughs> you your, your Game Genie, your Genie codebook. Genie codebook. Uh,
0: I do have a confession to make about I'm you. the oldest man alive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when
0: I started listening to this band, I really thought it was just a drum machine.
1: Like, oh, I, I was, totally thought it was, was a drum like, machine. Yeah, I
0: was like, "There's no way someone." It's just a guy. Playing. Well,
1: and so they—you read about I mean, that guy, right? Just last week we had
3: Big Black, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But they—they they had like a drummer who wasn't really like in their vibe, mm-hmm. and then the like one of the guys that helped them like find an audience was like. I'll just stand up and beat on these two drums or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's perfect. We were really hoping someone would just be on two drums, like yeah. not a lot of drums.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's been numerous uh, bands who have uh, mimicked this sort of Velvet Underground, Mo Tucker style oh, of Oh, I've drum seen drumming. one.
1: I can think Heart of it. Heart Candy Hearts? Oh, which one? <laughs> oh, when we, like Alex and Joe, they had a show at their house. Oh, okay. They were called, like, they were called something like the Velvet Underground. Okay. But it was just Wait, f- what
3: what was this? I
1: don't know. Alex oh,
3: was and
2: Joe.
1: <laughs> Their house, they had a show. There was a oh, band yeah, there I it. that was like a Velvet Underground adjacent band. They named themselves after. Was something. it called
2: the Shroom?
1: No. Was maybe. she playing a trumpet? No, it wasn't, it wasn't exact time. <laughs>
3: Was it cause the shrimp? I don't know. No, I I can't.
1: It was they were from Muncie or something. I don't know, man. I don't remember.
2: (laughs) They were from Muncie. (laughs) Let's start that
1: band. Yeah. Cocaine Wolves.
2: Yeah. Jason nice and Skeleton Crew. Uh, I saw
1: them in your basement. (laughs) They give me a bumper sticker like I had a car.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nice moves, Jill.
1: Maybe I still have that. I don't know. <laughs> Look at my uh, keepsake boxes. I would
0: recommend uh, Burnt Ones. The One of the uh, guitarists from Ari Ari started another band called the Burnt Ones. Yeah. And it's uh, again? it's this. It's literally oh, Jesus nice. and Mary Chain.
1: Shit. And his cool.
0: girlfriend, maybe wife at the time, was doing stand-up, like, two drums, and he just had these, like, Fender twins, and it was just a feedback wall. Ooh. Uh, Damn, i look into that, that. That was really loud. I remember yes, being a, okay. Um, I also saw someone at Second Story, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was <laughs> definitely like a topless girl that was playing like this kind of drumming that was just like. Psh, 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 like the Mo Tucker style, and then the same thing, like this wall of like feedback
3: sound of of uh, I mean Isn't, isn't that also, was, it Ween? was it the Ween show?
2: No. <laughs> I would kind of. I, I don't know if I it's good stuff. So far out it's here. very suicide
3: Jason. Yeah,
2: it's uh, a master stroke. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: master strokes fair. It's yeah. it's so good. It it feels. Uniquely itself, it's an artifact of a time. It like coalesces around things that have happened and like creates more things too. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's an inflection point. Much
0: like the great. other le- leather-troused torchbearers of the '80s, the cramps <laughs> and the birthday party. <laughs>
1: the leather troused <laughs> is a great yep. statement. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: it sounds like we're all on the positives. Total oh,
1: honest. I think we all yeah. love it.
0: Uh, we'll be joy. they'll be back in Darklands, so we'll get oh, more okay. Jesus and Mary Chain. Ooh! So I hope Excellent. you're looking forward to that. All right, next time we'll be talking about New Order, Low Life. Oh no! All right, oh my don't. God! <laughs>